Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Planet Tyro. I'm your host, Donald Wonder. You're back here to continue uh, with the Alan Retrospective. And as always, I'm joined here with my master of co-host, Simon Rad. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And uh, it's not my fault. He wanted to take a break, so blame him. Well, actually, I don't think the guys will realize when we took that break, since I uploaded this in a weird time. Guys, before we get started, I do want to say this podcast might be longer than usual because you already know what we're covering so there's going to be a bit of an introduction so if you want to skip ahead all the introductory stuff i'll put a time code in the bottom just to warn you before we get started skip all the junk check the time code but for those of you listening to the first time welcome if you missed our last discussion actually on our last woody allen movie we actually spoke about the hollywood blacklist movie called the front it was an interesting topic. If, you, if you're on YouTube, you can click the YouTube card to go back to that discussion. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, and well, if this is your first time listening to this on the podcast, and you want to find our podcast in a very easy way, we made it super easy. We have a hashtag you can use to search on Google or whatever podcast app you use. Just use the hashtag Woody Allen Retro. All one word, all spaces, as you know how these hashtags go, Woody Allen Retro. Dash it in Google, dash it in Podbean, iTunes, what have you, and you'll get all the reviews we did and all the future ones. Subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment in iTunes, and we're also on Stitcher Radio, Podbean, all those good stuffs. And, of course, guys, these are spoiler discussions. If you've seen these movies before we talk about them, or, you know, we want you to watch these movies before you listen to us. That's how we would prefer it, but, again, you might have already seen the movie. That way, we don't feel bad for spoiling the movie for you. Ha damn, how about a link to skip the intro? I almost fell asleep. Damn, let's get go. Okay, okay, well, that's what I said. And that wasn't the intro, by the way. This is the intro now. (laughs) (laughs) There was the intro to the intro, the teaser. The teaser trailer. That was the promo. This is the intro. Simon, tell the people what we're going to be talking about. Tell us what movie we're getting into right now. Okay, we're looking at the sixth film, and directed by Woody Allen, the legendary Annie Hall, released in 1977. This was his uh, first quote-unquote classic, and up until today, probably his highest-rated film. So lots of interesting uh, little details to dive in with a movie with such a rich legacy. And before we get into it, this is basically what I wanted to introduce before we started talking about Annie Hall. Guys, of course. because I think when people search for Woody Allen movies, Woody Allen reviews, this is the one that most fans know. Oh wait, you're not going to talk about the font for 10 minutes. No. In the intro. No, 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 you sure? The credits, maybe? You see, this is what I'm talking about, Simon. Some people don't even know what joke you're referencing to if they've never heard those <laughs> previous podcasts. If this is your first time listening, guys, I already mentioned you go back and listen to you, but what I'm saying, you know, you actually ruined my fucking train of thought. I'll go edit that out now. <laughs> <laughs> I should keep this in. <laughs> Just to say... <laughs> All that work you did setting this shit up, <laughs> and now it's all gone. <laughs> Come on now, what, what, what was so important? Come on, you you got it, you got it. Keep going. 
So what I was going to say is that since this is such an important movie in the Woody Allen retrospective, and to be honest with you, Annie Hall is not only apparently Woody Allen's masterful magnum opus or whatever you want to call it, but it's mm-hmm. a film that's in so many people's top tens and so many people worship the movie. In our previous reviews, I'm kind of more casual on how I think I just look at it. But this time, I want to I want to do this in like a three-point way, personally. You could do it your way, Simon, but I want to attack this in three ways. First of well, all... I was going to do 16, but okay, let's do three. <laughs> well, I'm talking just for myself, guys. I want to make it a little bit more interesting. Annie Hall, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, I want to talk about this movie in a way where the movie stands alone. And what I mean by that is, how does the movie age? If you're watching this for the first time in 2017, how do, how do I feel it holds up as a movie? Secondly, I want to look at the movie as we've been doing this retrospective. We've been cataloging Woody Allen's growth as a director. We've been seeing how he's grown in every single movie. This is a movie where I also want to talk about, you know, how he's accumulated himself, how he's grown as a director. And the third and final point is obvious. I want to talk about it just purely from a biased opinion how this movie's affected me and how I grew up with the movie. And the reason why I'm going to do it that way is because I've seen this movie probably about seven times now. The last time I saw this movie was probably about, before this rewatch, five years ago. And I want to be super critical because, again, this movie is fooled over and worshipped to death. Is the movie really that good, Simon? I'm going to let you start and you can talk about the movie and stuff like that. And then I want to hear yeah. your thoughts on the movie and then, I'll ba- and then I'll go back into my three points I want to make about the movie. You know what? Um, before we get into the summary, I know where you're coming from because I'll say this. Getting into this retrospective, one of the things I was looking forward to is to see that does the quality of a movie like Annie Hall, which is considered one of his best, diminish when you see any, everything that came before? You're introduced to the jokes. You're introduced to the the style of writing we i myself have seen a couple of his early films like sleeper and uh, bananas but i thought okay if i really watch everything there is to watch leading up to it does that make the movie have less of an impact does that make the movie seem a little bit more similar or you know a, a retreading of previous grounds considering it it's considered the woody allen staple is bread and butter right sure. And that's not the case at all. If anything, you really appreciate his progression as a filmmaker, and you make it makes you appreciate the movie even more. So that that's a testament to it. For those of you who are new to Annie Hall, the title comes from the title character played by Diane Keaton, Annie, uh, while Woody Allen resumes his uh, on-screen persona of the New Yorker, the lonely New Yorker in a identity slash relationship crisis. And once again, it's a it's a it's a piece about relationships, about love, but this time told with a slight twist because we jump back and forth a lot in time. So the uh, the movie is basically a recollection of memories from this relationship with Alan breaking the fourth fourth wall quite a few times, talking directly to the audience, and also establishing his character to not only be a little bit neurotic, but also seeing an analyst, which again is typical. But he clearly highlights that. He has a problem with a, a wild imagination and distinguishing between reality and, and what's imagined, which is a setup for him to do a lot of uh, gags that break the fourth wall or jump around in time or just uh, are a little bit out there. So it, the comedy here never becomes as random as any of the previous films, not just because it's toned down a bit, 
but also because he has this clever setup where he clearly says to the audience, look, some of this is just in my head. Hmm. First thing I want to tackle is let's talk about Woody Allen, the character's movie as well. Now, as you mentioned, Woody Allen, through the last couple movies, maybe through the first movie to this one, he's had this very stereotypical cutout persona that, again, Woody Allen has said many times, this is not really him. Now, in the last couple movies, even from the first one, they've been very whimsical, still very nebbish. This character, again, even the last movie we spoke about, the front and this movie, to me, those two characters are a bit more similar because this is, this is Woody Allen's character isn't a goofball in this movie. He's a guy who's been divorced twice. I believe that's right. Twice he's been divorced. As you mentioned, he's down on his luck as a relationship. He's looking for love. And when the movie starts, he's already spoken about how the, this relationship came to an end and he didn't understand it and we're recollecting it. But Woody Allen, the funny thing about his character to me in this movie, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he he's more bitter and cynical rather than a goofy than in, in this one. Like his character is more refined to have a, a witty edge rather than relying on physical comedy. Yes. And to be honest with you, the thing that also made it like this might be more to his real life persona is that he's a comedian in the movie that has a successful career. So I thought that was an interesting choice. But my point is, through the other movies, he was very whimsical, kind of silly. But I felt like this was actually a character. Some of the other ones I felt were a little bit more of a caricature. But this is a guy who's been through relationships, who has a very strong personality, who has these qualms. And I took him quite seriously. The comedy in this, and especially his retrospective with the full fall breaking and his thoughts and stuff like that, it actually makes him a really well-rounded character. But... I wouldn't say he's unlikable, but he's definitely an arsehole. But to be honest with you, I found it a little bit refreshing just because it was more serious and it wasn't jokey. That's what I liked. Diane Keaton, I've said this in the last two movies, that she's a standout, she's amazing, da, da, da. but I have to say it again, once again. Now, here's the thing. Her character in this movie, just focus on this movie, Diane Keaton's character is lovable. She's adorable, she's very cute, she's very naive. She's even kind of dumb, the way, especially the way Woody treats her through the movie as well. But if the thing that really impresses me, if you see Diane Keaton through her last couple of movies, you can see her evolving as a character and you can see Woody has molded her into just, as an actress, has molded her more and more and more. And with each role she's been in these last couple of movies, she's just improved more and more and more, got more screen time. And this movie is at the pinnacle of that. And to be honest with you, I think this movie, she has a full character arc. Like, she has complete character development from A to Z by this movie. And is genuine. Her, the relationship she has with Woody Allen through this movie is genuine. And one of the, one of the, if not the best thing about the movie is, when you see relationship movies about two characters, sometimes it feels the narrative is skewing towards more of the one character than the other now to me this almost feels almost even 60 40 where woody's got 60 dan has got 40 and i love the fact that we get into the female perspective that even though woody Allen's an arsehole we get to hear diane keaton's um diane keaton's perspective as well one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is where woody allen and diane keaton are both seeing therapists 
and the director, well, the direction of the movie is split screening both of them and hearing them both speaking about how they feel about the relationship evenly. Yeah. Uh, those are the high, highly regarded parts of the film because, uh, see, the main thread everybody loves about this movie is how realistic it is with the different beats of a relationship because you see them not only in a relationship with each other but in previous relationships and growing up so you go through all these beats that people go through in real life and uh the movie nails every single one of them when uh, the relationship is going good when it's going bad when you meet up and it's a new flame when you have been together for quite a while and uh you know the love is dying down a bit or it gets a little stale how does to break up how's it to get back again and woody allen even though diane keenan played a different type of role in every single movie woody allen always quotes her as the actress that taught him how to write about women and how to write a character arc about females so really highlighting the female perspective and giving the audience a chance to hear basically the love interest voice in a movie which which is still rare in the 70s very it, it, it makes a movie it because you can go like, ah, that makes sense. And when they contradict each other, like they're talking to their therapist and one of them says, oh, we, we barely have sex. It's only like, I don't know, three times a week. And then Diane Keaton says, oh, we have sex all the time, yes. at least three times a week. And it, it's like you just laugh because you realize like how you, that that's how you feel and think like a guy. But that's how you know, a, a, a woman might feel, you know, yeah. that might be a female perspective uh, uh, in that scenario. And that's why I think the film resonates with so many people. And that's why I think this film has such longevity. And again, I was wondering, does this film hold up? Because actually this year, 2017 is the 40th year anniversary for Annie Hall as well. So the movie's older than me. It's way older than me. And I still find it a breath of fresh air in the rom-com genre and switching gears i want to speak about the script and the directing more and some of the elements woody allen used now up until recently i actually didn't know a lot of the behind the scenes of this movie because when you watch the movie now you see a lot of the fourth wall you see a lot of the things like the kids talking about their future selves and it seems really innovative now not to take away anything from the movie but through the research i found especially through the woody allen pages watchers guide I've seen that this movie was actually a combination of multiple ideas Woody Allen had for different movies culminating into one. So, whereas before, I thought it was Woody Allen had a great idea for a movie, he's going to make this, this, this. Not really. He cherry-picked some of the better parts of some of his more experimental movies. Like, I believe one movie, there was meant to be a movie about people, you know, coming out of their bodies and a movie about you know using children as a narrative and you know he took them parts now saying that again not taking any away from the movie taking ideas and putting them together it's hard to, to actually to make it work in a movie to cherry pick these ideas and to make it work as a narrative cohesively is amazing and to be honest with you Woody deserves all the credit in the world and the editor uh, don't forget the editor because uh one of the uh, the biggest improvements in this film is it has terrific editing you know I, I agree uh, 100%. When I was reading the reviews for the movie, one thing people said that the reason why this movie is so amazing, why it was in so many people's top 10 lists, and I wouldn't have known this if I didn't really think about it and look into this, the directing and the shots of the movie, they said if you go back in the late 70s when this movie was made, no one was really doing that. This kind of is like 
an indie film of today it does a lot of things that the indie rom-coms of today would do you know going to the locations going to california looking at the parties and all the reviews i was reading roger ebert and all the all the journalists were saying no one depicted new york california in this way before it was fresh <laughs> it was real it was hip it was it was so from the you know it was so it was taken from a really I, I, i'm looking for the right word it, it it felt really home i wouldn't say home got it felt like a hollywood delight a socialite did a movie a real movie about what it's really like in a really fun way but then the basis of the whole movie is a relationship in that surrounding with the meta commentary and with the meta jokes and with the great dialogue which i'll get to the, the dialogue as well but people just saying it was revolutionary and to be honest with you when i watch this movie i see so many tv shows and movies that i loved that take these kind of comedic things the full full breaking and little ideas actually to be honest with you to this day i haven't seen movies take so many different kind of elements in a rom-com and it executed this well they take one or two like you could do just to talk to the screen they'll just do that one but they won't do that and then do the split screen or they won't do that and then do the you know the look man this movie it, i guess it is kind of revolutionary I, I know i'm kind of revealing my hand about how i feel about the movie early but i have a very minor criticism but I, what i will say is to this day this movie put me onto the intelligent rom-com and i will put that in parentheses intelligent rom-com because this is kind of a thinking piece going a little bit deeper and the last thing i want to say before i go into my other two points is that the chemistry between Woody Allen and Diane Di Keaton is absolutely beautiful. And what I mean by that is, I think one of the most earnest things about this movie is that they feel like really good friends. Yeah, it, it, the, their on-screen chemistry feels very natural. One of Some of the best scenes in the movie are, you know, where it's literally the line is blurred between improv and uh, the actual scene. Just because, you know, they don't have to act that bit. It, it comes from a long-lasting working relationship. Do you remember the scene where they were like fighting over the lobsters? Yeah, that that's the exact scene I'm talking about, where both of them are laughing and it's genuine laughter. And that's the whole the whole idea is that all these scenes are a slice of life from their relationship. But that's how it feels like. It feels like a slice of life. But I don't feel like the movie is soppy. Like some movies I watch where those scenes feel forced in. Like way after, way after this movie was made, I watch romances where they're just artificial moments that we're seeing in, and you kind of know what's going. But they, it just feels so friendly and so warm. I was watching the movie; it just put a smile on my face because the, the the dialogue between Woody Allen and Di Keen is so playful. They tease each other, you know. And actually, speaking about Di Keen for a minute, one of the most charming things about her is the scene where she's kind of the, the scene where she meets Woody Allen for the first time. Woody Allen is so, I wouldn't say standoffish, but she's kind of making a, she's kind of, she's making a pass at him. Yeah. She's making a pass at him, but you know, he's picking up on everything she does wrong. It's like, I thought you said you were, you don't have a car. Like, what, why do you ask me if I have a car? If you have a car, you know, he keeps on kind of picking her apart and she's so cute. She just keeps on going. And obviously she's wearing the iconic hat and side jacket and she's just so innocent. And if you watch the other movies like Sleeper, she's not like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a, you mentioned full-fledged character arc. Her character has basically the classic butterfly where she she's in a place in her life when we meet her where she's kind of shy and lonely and 
we find out why and what relationships she's been through. And then she goes through this journey of exposing herself as an artist, going through trial and error and getting to a better place in her life and gaining some more confidence. You know, I'm, I'm glad this movie is called Annie Hall because I don't want to say she steals the movie because Woody Allen really does a good good job of taking you through the movie as well. But it's ironic. I never felt like I was on Woody Allen's side. Actually, I didn't feel like with other rom-coms, I feel like I should be on the side. I should be on the man's side. I should be perspective. But in this movie, I think this is what really made me enjoy the movie. I felt like both characters were di- dissecting their own relationship. Another great example is when Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are talking about some of their past lovers and Diane Keaton actually talks about some guys she was with before Woody Allen and basically them two go into her past and you, they watch a scene from her seeing another man and they're kind of laughing about it just in the past. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I was really surprised how well the movie held up from Edinburgh. I don't really, ironically, I kind of don't have a lot of negatives even though I'm really trying I guess some of it, yeah. the only thing I found interesting is that Woody Allen is in his 40s and Woody Allen, again, looking behind the scenes, he kind of says he felt a lot of the things in real life that he felt in this movie. He was getting older, he's been through a couple of relationships, he put a bit of himself in the movie, not too much, but he did say he felt certain ways about a relationship. I guess maybe it's targeted toward an older audience, but when I, I watched this when I was young, and I still got a lot from this. Again, I'm trying to nitpick to find something, but I really like the movie. I really think it's a great movie. But I guess that's more of my bias opinion. But as a standalone movie today, what I will say is there's a lot of movies that have tried to copy this movie. And oh, there's, yeah. There's even a movie. I guess people say that 500 Days of Summer is like the updated version of this movie no it it, it it takes inspiration but it doesn't come close i completely agree one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called entropy i put a, a picture on the screen so you guys can see it that draws a lot from this movie as well another movie called love and sex uh that draws this movie was the basis of a lot of other movies but I, there still isn't a movie that I brought all together like this and that's why this uh, this movie won, I believe, six Academy Awards, <laughs> including Best Picture <laughs> and the Supporting Actress. And, you know, and it's, it's, it is kind of a masterpiece. So I think this movie, I wasn't alive at the time. So when people say it's revolutionary, right now it's hard for me to put it in that context. But if we look at cinema at the time, I really can't see another movie like this. I'm not a cinema fan, so obviously I'm only kind of guesstimating. But when people say it's revolutionary and I see it was out at the time, I think Woody Allen made a very special movie that's on its own. And people have said this, if this was the only film Woody Allen made, it still would have made his career. You know, a lot of directors, some directors only made five films. Woody's made over 50. And is this his best movie? That is the question. For me, I'll watch Manhattan. Because this people always say it's either this or Manhattan. That's the, that's the typical argument, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So this is top three. It's still a fantastic movie. And uh, I've actually kind of hit my three points. All I will say is, lastly, looking at this from a building block from all his other movies, from this point on, his movies really take a, 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 a swerve into the more serious. And I can see why. Not only was it beloved, I could tell he found something in himself like, you know what? I'm good at this. I'm good at examining 
situations which just becomes a massive for Woody Allen examining the human condition oh boy that becomes his master theme through all of his movies and Annie Hall was the one that started it and it's still special it's one of his best movies as a standalone movie I guess I, I, I know some people would probably say they could they have their own movies that are updated that might be better than this I still think this movie is a better intelligent rom-com than the 40 plus years of rom-coms we've got it is still one of the best rom-coms ever made which movie i didn't get that you didn't say it enough times <laughs> that's what you're talking about is it this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i told you i was nah. gonna go on a ramble i told Sam nah, i was nah, gonna go nah, on a ramble it's, it's fine you're done with the math equation with all the points and uh the the trajectories and uh, yes, the equations. Yes, uh, yes. It's all done. Well, you know, you you went on for quite a while, but it's all praise and it's well-deserved. Like I said, if anything, I thought, you know, one of the early gems would, uh, would have proven to be all like, oh, no, no, no. See, this is the Woody Allen movie to praise. But but nah, it's, it just holds up too well. And indeed, it's very influential to the point where it even reminded me of a, a, a Diane Keaton movie from the 2000s that literally plays homage to this do you remember something's gotta give with jack nicholson of course I love and that keanu movie. reeves keanu reeves yes you know he's one of my favorite actors it was just like i needed That's why to call his name right of course <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm coughing i'm coughing and i'm trying to hold the cough back keanu reeves yes thank you sure anyway that, 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 that the ending is quite similar and it pays homage to this but uh, man learning how different this movie could have been with all the, the the wacky ideas and the different elements that were cut out of it it really is one of those situations where everything just falls into place you know uh, Ralph Rosenblum was uh, the editor for this and he, he, he deserves every bit of credit because the movie flows great it really feels like a brand new chapter for Woody Allen where everything just just flows into each other quite well. Previously, there were there was always these odd cuts, these exaggerated comedy segments that just stick out here. Even though we're breaking the fourth wall, we're doing meta things, we're going back in time. To, we have uh, the same characters being portrayed by adult and child actors in the same scene. It just feels very light and natural. That's the biggest praise everybody gives to this movie, how natural and relatable it is. Even though he's doing all this groundbreaking stuff and experimental things and he's still trying to push the envelope as a comedian for for these odd comedy bits. And like you said, there was a lot of stuff removed from the film that was supposed to be about going to hell and, you know, life and death and be more wild and even more experimental. But man, if you compare this to everything you want to know about sex... It's like it's not even done by the same guy. Sure. You know, all the flaws that are in that movie, the disjointed nature, the rough pacing, are non-existent. This movie is is really a masterpiece. Woody Allen's habit of being a perfectionist. Which he addresses in the film that in art, you always aim to get things perfect because it's so hard to do in life. It really pays off here. You can't really fault the movie. There's no fault in everything's iconic. Even down to the dress code, you you hinted at the different Diane Keenan outfits, the one with the hat and uh, the, the the tie, which, which became like a, a, one of her signatures. And it's very appropriate for the times as well, because in the 70s, you know, a lot of women 
tend to be more uh, more dominant, more male-like, and they start to dress more male-like, more like men. Yeah. And and uh, even I asked my mother about this because she was growing up at the time and she was watching Woody Allen movies and she said like the big comedy draw of Woody Allen was that he was this scruffy looking guy in the age where women are starting to become equal and take over and his frustrations and always complaining about relationships and not understanding of oh, what, what's what's in women's mind why, why are they doing this why doesn't it work i don't get it what's missing <laughs> it was really funny and really relatable and it's a great relationship movie on a personal level can relate to this movie quite well you just said the title character is an asshole and i'm an asshole in real life oh yeah we all know that <laughs> yeah we all yeah we i have the same conversations with my girlfriend every time she comes late to the movie i keep telling her like i want to see the movie from the beginning i need to see the movie from you know the first shot to the last i can't come in in the middle like it just doesn't work for me so yeah <laughs> I, I, what am i gonna tell you it's a great film I was waiting to get up until this point so I can critique the movie more. Say, I, oh, we've seen this idea reused. And even uh, he broke the fourth wall before in the, the, the medieval segment of everything you want to know about sex. But it, it doesn't matter because I believe to make a movie this good, things have to fall into place. You have to have the right cast of people come together at the right point in time to reference the right material and make the right be in the right cultural atmosphere to do this this goes for any great movie uh the oh. godfather more recent years uh even something like the dark knight where literally the one of the most iconic actors from the film passed away right after that you know it is just uh, one of those things in life where all the elements need to fall in place and then something great happens that that's all i can say it's uh, really 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 good and my boy christopher walken speaking of a wild card this is his movie. This movie made him. Think about it. He was a nobody, and he just comes into this movie and steals the scene, one of the best scenes in the film that I always quote. I oh, mean, yeah. It, it, it's amazing. Well, people, if you don't... You know what? This time, I'm actually going to embed the clip. This is Simon's favorite quote, quote <laughs> of the movie, which, again, honestly... It comes out of... It comes out of nowhere and goes, but it is very memorable. You guys, just check this one out. Harvey. Hi, Dwayne. How's it going? This is my room. Oh, yeah. It's terrific. <clears throat> Can I confess something? I tell you this because, as an artist, I think you'll understand. Sometimes, when I'm driving on the road at night, I see two headlights coming toward me. Fast, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. I can anticipate the explosion, the sound of shattering glass, the flames rising out of the flowing gasoline. <clears throat> right. Well, I have, to, I have to go now, Dwayne, because I, I'm due back on the planet Earth. <laughs> see th th this is this is how i meet my brother-in-law i bet i'm just just gonna come back and haunt me for the rest of my life but yeah i mean actors they reference the scene for the depiction of insanity the best depiction of insanity and i believe this is his only dialogue in the movie only real dialogue because he's sitting at the dinner table and, and doing chit chat but this is his only bit in the film 
and yet it's so memorable and just propelled him to the acting scene which proves you only need one shot and again it could have been anybody else they could have cast anybody else and it would not be the same it would not work as well as it does he has got them uh, beady eyes <laughs> man you know what funny enough you bringing up your um part favorite part of the movie favorite quote i had a few quotes of the movie especially one in particular which again um i don't if is he in bed with dying keaton or whatever and then he says don't knock masturbation that's sex with someone i love no 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 that's the that's the spying on you scene when uh, they're arguing on the street okay well either way that was it was one of my favorite lines but then i realized that actually he would he would use that line in one of his earlier movies <laughs> gotta take the money man so my favorite line in the movie has to be one of the most pessimistic and depressing lines but when i heard it it really stuck with me and it's the scene after Woody Allen. Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are having an argument because Woody Allen started following Diane Keaton um, after one of her classes and he kind of caught her. Messed, I don't want to say what. she was. He caught her in a bad situation. Yo, it's the same scene you were talking about previously with the masturbation joke. Oh, okay. You said that before, but I don't I don't remember them being connected. So uh, my mind's already gone funny. Either way. After uh, Diane Keaton goes in the cab and drives off, Woody Allen's so frustrated. He starts walking around, like, just asking people. This is another full, full-breaking moment because people wouldn't react to someone like this in real life. <laughs> so he just walks Well, you his... never know. A lot of weirdos in New York happens more often than you think, probably. I don't think they would answer him. In, if, especially, I'll, actually, I'll tell you what. The first person he walks up to is this old woman. And this is my quote of the movie, which honestly... She only gives like two very succinct words. He asks, what do you think about relationships? And she prattles on and says something like, relationships, ah, relationships, whatever. I'll tell you something about relationship. Love fades. And then she walks off. And just that phrase, and he even was like, love fades, Jesus. And even I thought to myself, love fades, really? And the reason why that wrong with me, resonated with me so much is because at this point in time, when I'm recording this podcast right now, so many people I know have been in long-term relationships and the theme that I'm hearing from everyone is that love fades. <laughs> that over time, the love ain't as strong as it used to be, just like Woody Allen feels like in this movie, I guess, and she just kind of reaffirms that. It's very depressing and I was just like, when I meet a woman, I don't want the love to fade. So, And she's an old woman, so I thought it was very weird. He wrote it in the script anyway. The next person, just for argument's sake, the next people he, person he walks up to is this couple, this man and woman, and he's like, why did you get together with her? And then he says, I'm tall, blonde, and... I'm shallow, and I have nothing to say. And I have nothing to say. And then, yeah, and then she says something to this, and she says, so so am I. Well, technically, the, the guy says the same thing, but yeah. It's, and you also forgot the, the vibrating egg guy, which, uh, again, is just... Uh, a little delving into Woody Allen's psyche and his humor, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, you made me. I didn't want to elaborate that much on that point, but I just wanted to say that was my it just really stuck with me. So, and it's not something I want to condone, and I'm not a pessimist, guys. I, I just when I heard that, I just thought I really hope love does not fade because I have yet to fall in love. Well, I always love myself a lot, and that hasn't faded in like you know 25 years so I, I can reassure you if you really truly love somebody it, that that lasts forever wow that was like a double that was like a double joke <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys the last thing i want to bring up about the movie is 
I think what solidifies the movie, and I really don't want to forget this, is the ending. Now, when you have a relationship movie like How I Met Sally or any other movie, most of them have a happy ending or whatever. The ending for this movie, honestly, not only does it end on a really good uh, speech by Woody Allen, but it ends in a very amicable way, a very mature way, and it leaves you just fulfilled i just like yeah like that was very even though it's not the happiest ending per se i felt like wow i just had a really nice experience i wasn't expecting that and even woody allen said which i can quote from within from a woody allen interview when i had that ending i knew i had something that resonated i knew i had a cinematic ending and that's what he had he honestly this the ending really fully forms this movie and it's hard to come by with a really good ending like that with such a amazingly entertaining and thoughtful movie but the ending by the end it just left a big smile on my face and that's going to be that's going to be the last thing you remember coming away from this movie and you know i just i was like wow it really was that good <laughs> that's it that's what i said damn this movie 40 years later however old it is it really is that good so that's yeah. my final word on any hall, man. It's it's surprising. It's surprising after forty years, it really still holds up. But um, any final words on that, Simon? Not much to say, really, because we touched on this before at the uh, played against Sam yeah. review, where you said this that movie's kind of a beta for this because a lot of the cast return, not just Diane Keaton, but Tony Roberts, who yes. plays Woody Allen's best friend again, again. and yeah. kind of a relationship advisor. And uh, we also retread some things, but it, it's just done so much better in this. I mean, you don't see Tony Roberts as, as much. He definitely had some of the the best jokes and played against Salmon here. He's playing uh, uh, an even stronger supporting role, so less uh, funny lines for him, more good setups. But uh, it, it's just done so much better. Even the the shade he throws at L.A. man and lazy liberals. Just again, one of my favorite topics and why this movie resonates with me so well. And how far and how far we got, because LA is basically now the, the hub of, of the states, right? That's the only sane state we have where we're actually making progress on on immigration and, and you know, uh, climate change and reforming the labor and, and just culture and, and stuff. And but we still have this, you know, uber liberal problems. That comes with, you know, certain people always preaching and being sensitive about things and PC policing people, but then not showing up on election day. And the way Woody Allen dissects LA back in the 70s is too accurate and too funny. And this is one of the biggest credits he got in from this movie that it feels real. It doesn't feel pretentious. It doesn't no. feel like somebody who lives in a bubble. Yeah. He actually shows you the bubble while standing right outside of it looking at like doesn't this look stupid do you think it looks stupid i think it looks stupid <laughs> it's funny you should bring that up because you just reminded me my second favorite line in the movie is when diane keaton and woody allen are in california and then diane keaton's like oh the streets are so clean and woody allen's like yeah that's because they take all the trash and make it to tv shows <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't throw out their trash they they turn it into tv shows yeah yeah exactly so. it's it a lot of good lines do yourself a favor, watch it, watch it, watch it. Why, why, why are you telling the people to watch it? Because if we look at the audience scores on I'm Being More Tomatoes, it's almost at 100%. Obviously, it's one of the most beloved Woody Allen films of all time. Again, 
uh, in so many top ten lists of film snobs, film critics, the, the general audience. If you haven't watched, yeah, it, but 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 here here's the thing: like yeah. film critics and film snobs, they're they're even getting their fair sh- share of shade in this movie because there's one guy oh, in yeah. the beginning of the movie who just does this deep analysis, you know, rubbing his chin. I'm like, you know, I, I think, uh, but if you think about expressionist films like this, you really, you really need to resonate the audience and, and the director just doesn't come off chic enough. And, I, and it doesn't, I don't feel it in my soul. And I, you just want to tell that guy, shut the fuck up. And really, that, that's what all the critics are. So people who, who are on that level and kind of realize that, you know, people who, the film critics are kind of hypocrites and they overhype things and, and they're, have just as flawed opinions as everybody else this movie even acknowledges that this is not an artsy fartsy film it's clever all the artistic bits come from being clever and trying to capture something that's real because it it, it's in part autobiographical it it tells stories that the director bit has been through and shares experiences that he experienced the feelings he felt so it's a clever movie but it it's hard in the right place it's not aiming to please critics or, you know, be uh, artsy just for the sake of it. I agree. And, uh, you know, it must be destiny that we finally reviewed this movie in its 40th year anniversary. I'm probably going to tweet this to the Woody Allen fans or the Woody Allen crew, whoever's working on the production team, because, you know, one of the favorite films of all time, 40 year anniversary. I hope they do a remastered Blu-ray. I would buy it on principle. Guys, if you've seen Woody Allen's Annie Hall or you've got any comments to say, leave it in the comment section down below. But what I will say lastly is, I'm always speaking about the Woody Allen Pages Watchers Guide. I will say, this fellow who wrote this Watchers Guide, he's done three editions. Now, I am convinced it's Woody Allen himself in disguise. <laughs> I, I am absolutely convinced. It must be. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm message you on Twitter as well. You must be a Woody Allen relative or on a production team or something because... Get the Woody Allen page. If you're a fan of Annie Hall, this book alone is worth it just for that because he dedicated a good chunk of his research on on uh, this movie, Annie Hall, and we didn't even scratch the surface on the stuff and it's not worth it. Get on ebook for, it's like three or four bucks, pounds, wherever you are. It's so cheap and it's such good content and I'm plugging it all the time because it's so good and you know leave him a review as well thank you i know he thanked us for checking us out and always shouting out and that's not a problem but guys again uh thank you for watching retrospective i already said you can find links if this is your first time and again i have a feeling people are going to find this review more than the other ones just for the record again we are reviewing every single woody allen movie okay we started from even before taking the money and run check out the playlist on youtube I'll leave a link in the description again. So if you like this discussion, even though it was too long and I rambled, thanks for listening. Our other ones aren't this long. So lastly, I want to thank Simon Rath for joining me on this journey as always. Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. And please check out the description so he shuts up. All right. On that note, I'm going to get the hell out of here so I can harass my co-host here. He's rude as fuck. <laughs> and, uh, we'll link in the description. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Thanks for listening. Check out the links in the description.